Well, good morning, church family. Man, it's good to be in God's house today, right? Man, it's good to be in God's house. It's, uh, it's so good not to hear rain falling on our roof today. Man, the last couple of weeks, we had a lot of rainfall. Uh, but now it's beautiful. We can enjoy the weather, get out there, and have some fun. Hey, Warrington campus, we're so glad that you are joining us online today. Thank you so much. And the Pensacola campus today want to rejoice with you and what God is doing at our Warrington campus. So let's make a joyful noise all on our Pensacola campus. Let's go and rejoice what God is doing on our Warrington campus. Church, it's soon to be four years that we've been already at Warrington, and God is doing some amazing work. Uh, just this morning, I saw Chef Bob and uh, Chef Darlene uh, pull off with, the, uh, with our church van. It says uh, military ministry, and so they're doing a military luncheon, and I'm just so thankful for all our servicemen and women who are serving, and uh, man, you guys have something great going on there. We praise God with you. Church, let me just take a moment and say Thank you so much for allowing us to serve you. Man, our, our, our pastoral team and every serve team member, we want to say thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to live out our calling by serving you. And it's been a season of like no other, but together we are enduring. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about gospel endurance I just want to take a moment and say thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity in us living our calling to serving you. It's the greatest joy of our lives. Gospel endurance is what we're going to talk about today. Over the last few weeks, I'm reading about the Apostle Paul and his advice to young Timothy. And when I look at the life of uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he led Timothy to the Lord back in the book of Acts on one of his missionary journeys. And when you look at his life, man, Paul always had hardships. There's not a page or a portion of Scripture I'm reading about the Apostle Paul if there's no perseverance, endurance. You know, when I was a young Christian, and I'm sure when you first accepted Jesus Christ, you came to finally realize, I come to believe about a God who is alive. I mean, I'm stopped doing all the bad things. I'm following the God of light because he's light. Surely, because I'm serving a God who's a king of kings and lord of lords, my life is going to get better. I mean, that's what I thought. I'm like, I'll stop doing all these bad things and sinful things, and I'm going to follow Jesus. So as far as the east is from the west, we are so far removed all my sins, and I'm choosing to follow Jesus. So I'm thinking, i got a living God, I'm doing the right things, life is going to be perfect. Can I get a witness? Then I read the apostle, then I start living for Jesus, of course, I'm like, that's so far from the truth. But then again, I read about the apostle Paul. I mean, look at the apostle Paul, what he has to go through. I mean, clearly, if the apostle Paul came to know Jesus Christ, why couldn't he just take a cruise? Why does it have to be shipwrecks, Right? I mean, why doesn't he just go to Europe and get an Airbnb or get a uh, timeshare? Why does it have to be prisons and dungeons? I'm like, I mean, God, you finally, this is good news. We're supposed to be living good lives. <laughs> well, read the book of John. He said, light came into the world, but the world has not recognized light. So you and I in this season, we call to endure 
Not only in these last two years, but as soon as you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we endure. And you ask me, why, Sean? Because Jesus endured. Jesus is a God who endures forever. We'll look later on in Hebrews chapter 12, and he teaches us that. And when you and I are called to endure, we need the all of Jesus that was on the day of salvation, and we need all of Jesus today. So irrespective of whether you're following Jesus for 20 years, 30 years, or 10 days, or one day, you need all of Jesus then, and you need all of Jesus today. Because when you are called to live a life of endurance, you cannot live by yourself. Okay? You and I endure by the mercies of God and not by our merit. We endure not by our intellect. We endure not by spending two hours in church on Sunday morning. We endure by the grace of God. That's how we endure. And if you say, well, Sean, I'm a good person. Well, you're not good enough because you need Jesus. And if today you are listening to me, if Jesus is just a good person, he's not good for you. If Jesus is your savior, then he's a good person to you. So we need Jesus every day of our lives. All of Jesus. Not 95% of Jesus and 5% of me. I'm not good enough. I can't die for you. Jesus is good. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is steadfast. And so when Paul is giving this advice to young Timothy, young Timothy, uh, 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 turn in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Young Timothy is young. He's, 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 he's growing. He's, he's growing weary. And Paul is encouraging Timothy. He's, he's, he's asking Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, fan into flame. Fan into flame your calling. And you and I today, I pray if you have a flame, you'll fan into flame that Jesus Christ inside of you. And I'm also talking to those who don't have a flame. May that flame start today in Jesus Christ. We are called to endure. And we need grace. Grace is what keeps us. Grace is what strengthens us. Grace gives us that extra, extra energy that we need to live for Jesus every day. It's by grace. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm reading from verse uh, uh, number 8 and following, but look at what verse number 1 says quickly. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So before we go into the scripture today, please pray the silent prayer. Lord, I need more of you and less of me. Lord, I need more of you and less of me. We catch the scripture in verse number eight. And so after he talks about the grace, then you know Paul is talking about, Paul is talking about three, uh, three, three people here, a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Now, I met a soldier, I met an athlete, and I met a farmer. That's hard work. Again, I thought coming to know Jesus Christ, I believe in the good news, this is good life, no more suffering, no more guilt, I'm just going to live my life. 
Wow. So he's comparing these and he's asking Timothy to endure. Now we catch verse number eight. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Let's go further on to verse number 11. Verse number 11, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a four-phrase poem. This is what he says in verse number 11. The saying is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. I'm looking at this word today, and I'm, and I'm, I'm reading the Bible, and, and the word remember jumps out of the page. Remember. And why is Paul asking Timothy to remember? Why? Easy answer, because we are forgetful people. We are forgetful people. And Paul is telling Timothy, remember. What is remember? Remember is a continuous command. Remember. Remember and keep on remembering. Remember and keep on remembering. Two things. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead and also remember Jesus Christ, the offspring of David. Because you and I are very forgetful people. We got a track record of being forgetful. Look at the people of Israel. Part of the Red Sea, they forgot the next day. You come back to when Jesus fed the 5,000, they panicked in the boat the same night. So we are forgetful people. And if you want to endure, you need to be a people to remember Jesus. Just remember. So the, you know, I, I, I love, one of my favorite movies is The Lion King. All right, the first Lion King, the cartoon. Um, and so you remember in that movie when Mufasa tells Simba, remember, right? And so I've been watching this clip over and over and over for the sermon. And every time I'm sitting by myself in the car, I'm like, remember. And I'm, I'm just, every time I'm putting my phone, a YouTube clip, and I'm saying, remember. And so yesterday, Destiny, you know, I was waiting for her. She jumped in the car and I said, remember. She's like, what? I'm just using the word, remember. I love the way Mufasa sounds. Remember. <laughs> That's the best I got, all right? <laughs> Church of Jesus Christ, we have forgotten who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and he's coming back again. And if you forget who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and there's coming back again, you and I cannot endure. I got news for you. Warrington, I have news for you. We are just not good enough. And Paul calls Timothy to remember. And I pray today that we will leave the house of God a people that's remembering and rejoicing of the goodness of Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you're following Him. 
you need more of Jesus to you than you ever needed before. Because the first thing in this text, he says, remember Jesus Christ in gospel endurance. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Do you know why you and I meet today on a Sunday? We came to rejoice because today he rose again from the dead. Can I get a better amen? That's why you and I are here. We are here to remember our Savior who died and the third day he arose again. So we came to sing hallelujah. We came to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. That is why you are here. And many people say, well, I don't need the church. I love to be around people who comes together to remember Jesus who rose from the dead. That's why I'm here. Jesus was a human name given at birth, meaning deliverer, meaning that he's going to set us free. It aligns with raising from the dead because only when Jesus rose from the dead, he is a deliverer. If he did not rise from the dead, I will not be here. Will you be here if Jesus did not rise from the dead? We are here because he's alive. We are here because he sits at the right hand of God the Father. That's why we are here. Because in the resurrection of Jesus, we find dynamite power. That's where our gospel hinges on. Other elements is born from a virgin Mary, and there's other elements of Jesus in the gospel message. But one message that shows me power is when my God rose from the dead. And because my God rose from the dead, I have all power. And it's recorded for us in Scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse number 13 and following. Powerful, powerful scripture. It's so, it's, 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 it's amazing. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. 16, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Look at 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. What hope is that? The story goes on. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. The story continues, my friends. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, by man has come also the resurrection from the dead. 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ we should all be made alive. Remember who Jesus is. Remember. It's when you take your mind to the remembrance of the resurrection power, not on Easter, every day. 
You feel that energy. You feel that passion. You feel that courage. You feel that grace that moves you on. Oh, when I remember of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. So if you want to endure, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Not only so, he says Jesus Christ, must remember the offspring of David. What does that mean, the offspring of David? It's a reminder of the Davidic lineage coming right through the scriptures because God has promised the Messiah, and by remembering God as the Messiah, we recall now his righteousness and his faithfulness. We see, remember Jesus Christ being risen from the dead. That's his power. Now remember Jesus, the Messiah, from the line of David and his track record because he was prophesied and now Jesus comes. Righteousness, faithfulness. That's who our God is. Luke chapter 24, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's letting them know Moses began and, and it, it, the story came right through. But in 2 Samuel chapter 7, this is where the Davidic promise is found in. But look at what verse number 16 says, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established. And if you read scripture, you go back and look at the, the Davidic line, you will see that our God is righteous and our God is faithful. What he said he would do, he did. He even came riding on a donkey. He even prophesied the mode of transportation. They still killed him. I mean, how more detailed can you get? I'm here to encourage you, my dear brothers and sisters. Those of us at the Warrington campus, those who are listening while you are traveling today, I'm here to remind you, the day you choose to forget Jesus Christ is the day you will be sinking. It doesn't matter if you are sober for 10 months. It doesn't matter if you're sober for 10 years. When you forget Jesus Christ, your alignment is off. And he's calling people to endure. Remember Jesus Christ. This is what's happening today. And I like to read from the Puritans. And this quote I want to share with you today. And a lot of people say, yeah, I know Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, I know Jesus is the Messiah. Look at this. Intellect is progressive, they say. They must therefore march ahead of their forefathers, incarnate deity, a holy life, an atoning death, and a literal resurrection. Having heard these things now for centuries, they are just a little stale, and the cultivated mind hungers for a change from the old-fashioned manner. Because today we want to find church community that does everything else but preach the gospel. The day your soul comes to hunger for any manner that's not in the God's word and is not, does not align in God's word, you have a bad diet. And if you have a bad diet, you have found yourself a new master. And he's not the real God who we came to serve this morning. You see, the gospel does not grow old. 
The gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore because every, everyone now is looking for something special. What's the secret for growth, Sean? Everyone calls and asks me, what's the secret to grow a church? I have to preach the gospel. Yeah, we're doing that. Then do no more. If they came for your lights and your camera and your music, they will leave because someone has a better lights, camera, and music. But they can never leave for a better Jesus. Amen? Down at Warrington, what will reach our west side of town? What will reach? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's being preached at the Warrington campus. It's the community that lives the gospel in the west side of town. That's what will save Warrington. That's what will save the world. The good news of Jesus Christ is mighty to save. And a lot of progressive thinkers are saying, well, it's time to change. Change nothing. There's one God, there's one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you are called to endure, the best predictor of your present help is his past faithfulness. I mean, let's go down memory lane very quickly. How faithful has he been? How faithful has God been? Completely faithful. Completely faithful. And I pray today that you will find a community that helps you to remember Jesus. And if you are found in a small community, a small group of friends that's helping you to forget Jesus Christ, it's a good time to leave. So don't say you have a community and that community is fueling you to forget Jesus. You've got to leave. Yeah, at, at, at all of, we call them connection groups. As I said, during this past two years, I've seen our connection groups come together like never before. Find a community that helps you to multiply your joys and divide your pains. Yesterday was a very interesting day. By the way, the MVO had the clay shoot yesterday. It was a competition at the Santa Rosa shooting range. And so I did not participate, by the way, because no one will put me on the team because I have to have a gun, all right? But anyway, so I decided to choose. By the way, MVO did a phenomenal job with the clay shoot. I was not there. But I was at the dragon boat race down uh, on Bayview. And by the way, we won our division, all right? Yeah, we won our division. We call our division the ACC. Somebody else won the SCC, all right? So we won our division. <laughs> Whenever you are part of a team, you've got to endure. I bet you somebody missed the clay yesterday, and the team had to endure. Well, <laughs> yesterday we were rowing. There's 20 people on the boat, and one guy, Eli, was drumming. Man, we had to endure. At the end of the line, we celebrate. Find you a community that can help you endure. So our team's name was He Walks on Water. So you remember the, the commentator yesterday, and all of Baptist Church, He Walks on Water. All of Baptist Church, He Walks on Water. We had to win, right? So anyway, you get the point. You are called to endure. But further down in Scripture, man, there's a quick poem in verse number 11 that really want to encourage us today. I want to speak to that. The saying is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will also live 
with him. Hey, that's great truth. It's, these are the, a good poem to memorize. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Paul reminds us in the book of Romans, uh, 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 chapter 6 and verse number 8, now if we died with Christ, that we will also live with him. If you want to gospel endure, please die to yourself. Die to yourself. Say, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Because you cannot endure if you add your effort. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We don't need our own understanding. We need all our energy to be trusting in the Lord. And he's going to help us. The gospel message is not only for proclaiming, it's not only for believing, it's also for living. And if you want to live the gospel message, if you want to live for Jesus, we've got to die to self. Crucify the flesh. And the flesh is hungry. The flesh needs to be fed three meals a day, four meals a day. But starve the flesh and feed the God-man. Feed the spirit. And then you will live for him. In this context, even Timothy, struggling to live for the faith, is asking him, crucify self and live for Jesus. As I said, I love to read the Puritans. Listen to these words. Living truth, living work, living faith. These are the things for living men and women. Let us cast off the grave clothes of our former lusts, passions, and addictions, and wear the garments of light, life, and righteousness. May the Spirit of God help us in further meditating upon these truths when we go home to be with our families. If we died, why are we still wearing the grave clothes of the flesh? Get rid of everything that so easily entangles you and run with endurance. The race set out for you. Get rid of those lusts and passions and addictions. Put on life, light, and just go on to the gospel. Because we died. If you know Jesus today, you should be dead. Jesus should be alive. Amen? It's a good time today. There's a throne in your heart. It's a good time to get up and tell Jesus, take his rightful place. But not only that, look at that verse number 12. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. Hey, I want to live with Jesus, all right? And then the next verse, he says, verse 12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we endure, we will also reign. Hebrews chapter 12, great verse, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I know tomorrow you, go, you have to endure at your workplace. I know when you go home for lunch today, you've got to endure with your family. I know, but hey, do it with joy. 
Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I promise you today, because it's in God's word, if we endure today, we will reign with him later. We will reign, endure, be long-suffering, be patient, be loving, be rejoicing. And that's what the gospel calls us to do. The gospel is not only pain, guys. The gospel is rejoicing. God, we, we, we call it good news because we can now finally rejoice because Jesus paid the price. That's why it's good news. It's not good news to you if you don't believe that's good news. Wow, what truth. If we died with him, we will live with him. And if we endure with him, we will reign with him. So the next time, if Satan therefore shall come to any believer and Christ and ask, what about your sin? You tell him, Jesus died for my sin and my sin is cast away. That's what you say? With an accent, right? It sounds better. And if the Satan comes another time and asks, what about your sin? You tell him, Jesus lives and my life is in his life. And because I am now justified, I am free. The price has been paid. I'm a new creation. And whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's it. That's what you say. You talk on the victorious message of Jesus. You can only do that if you remember. Well, you know, I've been through Sunday school. I'm a Sunday school teacher. He does not need to know that. He doesn't care about that. Because we heard today, he only trembles at the name of Jesus. Satan does not tremble at your bank account and your resume. He trembles at the name of Jesus. That's what you say. That's what he calls us to say. So if today we endure, we will reign with him. Next verse, if we deny him, he will also deny us. This is not referring to Peter. This is not referring to him. It's for denying for people who turn away from the gospel message. Because the cross has proved two things. Listen to me, Warrington. The cross has proved two things simultaneously. That man hated God enough to kill him and God loved man enough to die for him. And if you deny that message, you are denying the best news that could ever come to you and could change your eternity. You are saying no. You are saying no to that love that's pouring right from the heart of Jesus. You are saying no. You are saying not today. You are saying, you know what, I don't believe in it. Because this is what happens when you put your faith in Jesus. Those of you who deny the truth, this is what happens. There's a transaction that happens, okay? There's a transaction. Everything that is yours becomes his. Your sin. And everything that is his becomes yours. That's righteousness. Those of you today 
can hear my voice. If you are denying the truth of Jesus Christ, Jesus is saying, I did all the work. All you got to do is say yes. That's a transaction that happens. All of ours, that is sin, is placed upon him. And all of him, that is righteousness, is placed upon us. And if you're saying, you know what, yeah, I know Jesus, but I'm a good person. There's no one good, no, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you are denying Christ your entire life, I implore you today, consider Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who take away the sins of this world. Consider him. That's what the scripture is talking about us. And I know what you're saying. How do you know it's true, Sean? Because it's true for me. Jesus saved me. That's how I know it's true. So you were here for years. You are denying the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, if you deny him here, he will deny you there. Away from me, I never knew you. And many of you have family members that will get denied and you are refusing to share with them the good news. And many of you are here today and your children don't believe. Point them that there's a transaction. Please, place it all on Jesus. That's why Jesus there are grandparents here are burdened for the grandkids. Ask them to consider Jesus. Ask them to consider Jesus. Jesus didn't come to make good people better. Jesus Christ came to make dead people alive. And Paul is telling Timothy, I know you're young. Stick to this truth. Because if you move away from this truth, you will be defeated. I'm asking you today, stick to this truth. It is mighty to save. And the last part of that four-verse poem, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Man, he's, he's referring to a, a lack of saving faith. No one is faithful. Only Jesus is faithful. Amen? Only he is faithful. He does not lie, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18. He who promised is faithful, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 20. He is a faithful God. He has a track record. He's never too early, never too late. He is Jesus right on time. Jesus. But I've got news for you. I was studying the scripture no, God is a faithful God. But as faithful as Jesus is to save those who believe in him, he is also faithful to judge those who do not believe in him. John chapter 3 and verse number 16. Phenomenal verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The chapter does not end there. Verse number 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned forever because he is not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. So if you're thinking Jesus is faithful, 
He's faithful to those who believe, and he's also faithful to those who don't believe. I'm asking you today, if you are seated in God's house, if you're watching from Warrington, if you're watching and uh, listening and you're driving, uh, we have a faithful God. Choose him to be faithful because you believe. Because he's a righteous God and he's also a righteous judge. Now is a day of salvation. Let's endure. Let's have a faithful God. As John comes, this quote that I read, man, moved my heart. I have it up on the screen. Christ's faithfulness to Christ followers, to believers, listen to these words carefully. It's not contingent on our faithfulness to him. He's just faithful. You know how many times you and I fell short of being faithful? Listen to these words, guys. You know how many times we feel fall short of being faithful? Jesus could easily say, well, I'm not going to be faithful now. You did it again. Jesus could easily say, well, how many times are you going to fall short? So Christ's faithfulness to us who believe is not contingent whether we are faithful to him. He is God. He's just faithful. That truth don't move your heart today. Don't harden your heart. We have all failed. We have all fallen short. We promised we'll be faithful. We fell short. Jesus didn't say, well, I'm going to go to sleep on you now. He's still the same God, neither slumber nor sleeps. He still loves you. And if you are here, you are denying the truth of Jesus Christ, or you feel the church has hurt you, or you feel Jesus has hurt you, I'm here to tell you, even when you are faithless, he is faithful. Because God the Father, he gives a promise. God the Son is the promise. God the Holy Spirit is a power that executes a promise. Faithful you are. Because all his promises are yes and amen. I'm asking you to join me at the altar today, at Warrington Camps. I'm asking you, get on your knees, fill the altar. Let's ask God today to fan into flame that was put in our heart. Let's give praise to God.